Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Melissa Drake, thank you so much for being our guest on the Mike Litton Experience. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time out to do this. I am so excited to be on with you and to have our listeners learn your story. I know for a fact that it's going to inspire and motivate them. So like we talked about before we hit record, everybody has a story and our passion is to help them tell it. So with your permission, we'll start with where you were born. We'll go all the way up to today. I may ask you a few questions as we go, right? Um, To today, and then we'll talk about what you're working on today. I know you're a best-selling author, and I know that you're also a coach. I am thoroughly excited to get coached up today. I'm ready. Throw me in, (laughs) coach, okay? All right. So let's talk about, first of all, where you were born. I was born in Des Moines, Iowa. Ooh, yeah, pretty exciting, right in the middle. Oh, of absolutely. Yes, yeah, and I honestly I enjoyed it there. I lived there my whole life, five houses the entire time through marriage, divorce, single parenting, all of that, um, <clears throat> until I was 44, 45, yeah. and then I moved um, to Southern California. So where'd you go to high school? I went to Valley High School, which is just like it sounds. It's the snobby rich Valley High School. Um, unfortunately I wasn't, well, I probably was snobby, but I wasn't rich. Um, and, um, didn't really enjoy it all that much, but, um, I, I had to work a lot to be able to keep up with my friends. Like I had three jobs and did the extracurricular activities and all that kind of stuff, but, um, it's a good school. It's definitely. So did you have a favorite subject? Uh, probably English, actually semantics, Okay. which is very appropriate considering I'm an author. I didn't even know what it was when I signed up for the class. Right. Um, but then when I heard it was about words, like I really got into it and I'm definitely a lover of words. Yeah. So that well, being a best-selling I also, author, yeah, I also good. liked home ec. I did lots of home ec kind of stuff, you know, the female stuff. Gotcha. So yeah. growing up, who was the most influential person in your life? I would have to say it was my mother. Mm -hmm. She was um, a very strong leader. She was a, uh, she worked in the insurance industry. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was no surprise that I followed in her footsteps. Um, She was very much the man of the house though. Like she very much took care of everything. Um, And I'm currently trying to unlearn that. Um, But she was, she was very loving yeah and uh, like all of the cousins all uh, you know she was the favorite of everyone she was funny a little raunchy every now and then and you know just just a really cool person everybody loves her. fun yeah she was even when she when she passed we had people from the um the pharmacy she went to sent cards 
like they like even the service people missed her when she passed oh that's sweet yeah. so after high school where did you go uh, I went to college briefly. <clears throat> I wanted to be a teacher. And my very first day of college at the community college, um, we went around and everybody said what they wanted to do. And legit, all of the women said teachers. And I was like, I don't know. Nah, I don't want to do that anymore. Okay. And then I also, so that I was only there maybe a semester, a yeah. year tops. And then I started working full-time at age 19 in the insurance industry. I got a very uh, $6 an hour entry-level job in the accounting department um, and ended up staying there for 25 years in wow. the industry for 20, not that specific company. I only had three employers, but for 25 years, I worked my way up through the ranks of the insurance company, got my degree much later. I was in my 30s when I got my degree and ultimately had a, a very nice job. Um, I was a director reporting to the CEO. And in 2015, my position was eliminated. Oh they had a new CEO and we're doing a bunch of changes. And I was one of the, one of the cuts. <clears throat> Where'd you go? And say, say that again, uh, Des Moines Area Community College okay. is where I started. Um, and then I graduated from, I went to so many, like, it was so funny, because I would take a class here or there, and then just drop out. Because um, I got married, and I had kid and yeah. all of that. But I ended I up graduating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was William Penn College for Working Adults. Oh, okay. They had a great program where if you get in, you're kind of stuck, like you can't really get out. Mm -hmm. It was a two-year program and you're with the same cohort, the same, the whole time. And it provided that structure that I needed to keep me on track because when I was just taking a class here or there, it was really easy to say, I'm gonna take a semester off. Yeah. And then it's five years later. Yeah, like so the Hotel California. Up, pardon me? Like the Hotel California exactly yes right. you're in like you're you're never leaving like you're never leaving until you graduate but that helps you know it, when you have that I sort of it. regiment yes. it helps because yes. it's like okay I have to do this right exactly and I didn't and the group component I didn't want to let my cohort down so yeah. we had a lot of group projects and all of that so I was accountable to my team members which yeah. is much different than just being in a class here or there yeah and it's that's wonderful too yeah and everything yeah oh collaboration is my heart yeah it really is so yeah, it was so. thank you so your so your so your your position gets eliminated then what happens then i took a pause yeah. <laughs> and i honestly like <clears throat> i wrote about this in the orgasmic entrepreneur i knew that insurance wasn't i i had gone to see um a healer Mm -hmm. And um, she asked me, she said, do you know that 100% of your heart is invested in your work? Are you sure insurance is where you want to invest your heart? And I was wow. like, oh, hell no. Oh, like, how powerful was that? It was, it was huge. It oh, was my goodness. Massive. Now, who is yeah. this person? Who is this person that that you talked um, to? I don't even to? remember her name. It's been so many years ago, uh, but it was someone that I saw in Iowa, a healer That's that like I life changing. It it was a hundred percent life changing. 
Did that rock your world or what? Kind of like I knew that I was that I was gonna go, but I was also really comfortable. Like yeah. I had a cushy job and I was making good money, and I didn't really want to do anything. And it it's an effort to find a new job, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> so I was just kind of waiting. So when it happened, I was like, okay, this is this is my lead from the universe. This is right. that blessing in disguise. And I knew at the time that it wasn't even in disguise. Yeah. So I was almost elated when it happened because I'm not sure I would have had to make the change on my own. Same thing with my marriage. Like I was miserable. I had written a letter to my husband saying, I'm just, you know, this isn't working, but I didn't have the balls or the mentorship or the know-how to leave on my own. Yeah. So when he left, I was like, huh, thank you. (laughs) and so that's how it felt with my with my job I was like oh okay thank you and because it was a position at elimination with 10 years under you know under my belt I had a decent severance package I didn't have to do anything and I was also severely sick at the time I had two really yucky chronic illnesses and I had to have surgery so I was waiting for surgery and I was just like you know what I'm just gonna get healthy I started volunteering for hospice because both of my parents had um, lost their lives and were cared for in hospice. And um, I also had really struggled with mental health. So when it happened, I was like, well, you know, if I could do anything in the world, I would write and help people with mental health issues. And so that's what I said about doing. I've kind of come a long way around it. Um, But I ended up joining a coaching organization in Los Angeles. And I did it mostly for my own healing. I had been through therapy and, you know, done all the things I mentioned. Um, I was severely, severely depressed, especially after I lost my parents. There was a period of about seven years where I didn't do anything except go to work. Hmm. And then I would come home and go to bed. Was this in Des Moines or out here? When I was in Des Moines. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I would go to work and I was amazing at work. I got the great reviews and nobody knew anything. In fact, my boss, um, I didn't join Facebook for the longest time because my boss was on Facebook and I didn't want anyone to know what my life looked like outside of work because it was miserable. And my son was growing up and I was in bed. Like I was grieving and I was heavily medicated and it was just, it was yucky. So um, when I started this um, coaching organization, it was really more for my own healing. And when I got in there, uh, the leader said something that just really stuck with me. He said, your story is your gold. Yeah. And, you know, we think about all this stuff that we go through and how challenging it is. And um, it's hard to imagine that being a blessing but it is. Yeah, it is. You know, we just, we, we've been talking about this a lot because we've been talking to a lot of people that have gone through a lot of just enormous struggles. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, people it's, it's, so we go to work every day, do what we do. We're around people. We see people, we ask them how they're doing. We say hi, all that kind of thing. Right. And everybody gives you pretty much the, the, the answer that's the politically correct answer, right? Oh, I'm fine. Right. You know, I'm right. I'm good, you know, whatever, right? But they're suffering. 
And yeah. you're you're literally explaining that you went through that for a seven year period where yeah. you were suffering, but you put on a good face and you went to work and you did what you had to do every day and all that, right? But then you yeah. came home and when you came home, it was like, okay, now it's real. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. I was actually literally on social media the other day going, I don't know who needs to hear this, but tell somebody that you see today that they're doing a good job. Pat them on the back. Yeah. You know, because people suffer. It goes in a long they way. Don't, yeah. They don't, you know, you don't know. Right. I mean, I, I had gone out that morning with my family and I walked up to this kid that I've seen for three years. And I walked up to him, you know, off and I, I walked up to him and I put my arm around him and I said, you're doing a good job, bud. He nearly started crying. I bet. We you know, and it was, that. you don't know, you don't know what's going on. I mean, on the surface, it looked like he was, he was fine. Exactly. That's know? exactly what it looked like. But you just yeah. don't know. You, you never know. And so I, I was trying to get the word out that we just, we need to love each other. Yeah. We just need to love each other. You know, we yeah. just need to be willing to say hi. We need to be willing to smile. We need to be willing to to be an uplifter around people um, because you just, you know, you just never And know. people are so hungry for it. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. They really are. They're, they're almost desperate, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, we were talking earlier today about the power of questions and yeah. questions pull things. They pull stories out of people. They pull that gold you're talking about. Yeah. They pull that out of them, right? Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about, how people have something in here and it feels this big yeah right? it feels like yeah. it's overwhelming like they can't yes. carry it anymore right and then they talk about it to somebody and after they do it they kind of go their 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 shoulders drop right and yeah. they just kind of they look almost euphoric and then they yeah. look at you and go wow that doesn't seem so big now that i said it yes Get people to say it, right? Pull yeah. it out of them. If there's any way to do it, be that vessel that can pull it out of them. Yeah, that's, I just, Absolutely. I just love your story. So, yeah. so seven years, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get into coaching and coaching mm -hmm. tells you, the coach tells you that your story is gold, right? And then, and then I start, well, even before that, like before our coaching, I joined Facebook that the Facebook is a thing that changed my life more than anything. Oh, wow. Okay. Including a cross country move. Like, wow. um, I, and again, I was very hesitant to join because I didn't want anyone to know the truth. Yeah. And just like what you just said, once you share that truth, it diminishes. Yeah. So that's what happened for me when I joined Facebook. I joined Facebook. I joined a bunch of private groups, um, closed groups, mostly geared around depression because that's where I was at. Yeah. And I saved lives with my words oh. and my life was saved by someone else's words time and time again and so I just built this really beautiful community on Facebook and then I met some I was in an empty nest moms group because I was unique in that even as a single mom I hated for my son to be gone like it was it was always a challenge for him to be gone but by the time graduation rolled around I was the opposite of most moms that are like oh I can't wait for my you know it's gonna be terrible when my son leaves I was like bye-bye it's time for you to go like I was so ready for him to go because I needed a break like I was I was really suffering so I had joined this empty nest moms group 
And I met my friend Lori, who happened to live near me, and we started dancing. And we formed this group of moms, empty nest moms, who would dance. And I got to the point where, like, every Friday night, even if my friends weren't going, I had to go dancing. Like, it what was kind of dancing? Just shake it off kind of dancing, like '80s music, old people Ooh. music. And Ooh, I went I to love this, it. yeah, this That's bar. My kind of music. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. There's this bar in Iowa called um, Denny Arthur's, and it was it was originally started as Arthur's Over 30. Mm -hmm. And I used to call it Arthur's Over 80 because there were literally 80-year-olds that would go there and just dance. And I loved watching them. And I got to the point where I just, I had to go myself. And I didn't realize it at the time. <clears throat> but what was happening is when I was dancing, it was one of the few times I was actually present and in my body. Mm -hmm. I spent so much of my life dissociated mm -hmm. and just like in my head about everything that when I was dancing, I was actually in my body. And that was so grounding for me. Yeah. So that's really the thing that saved me. And I'm not sure I would have done it had I not met those friends on Facebook. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Like as, so cool. as much as people want to blame social media for the ills of the world, and there are plenty of them, um, it was literally a life changer for me. Yeah, well, so Facebook brings people together, right? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had clients, friends, you know, people I've interviewed, right, that that they found a lost love that they had in high school. Yes. A good buddy of mine found a a, a, a former girlfriend, right? And they ended yep. up getting they ended up getting married. Oh, and, awesome. Right. I mean, it's you know, and it's some of these stories are just like they're just amazing. You know, you sit yep. with them and they tell you that. You know, they never really knew happiness since their high school sweetheart. Now they're married to that yeah, high school yeah. sweetheart and they know what happiness is. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's so cool to kind of watch their life go full circle, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, there are a lot of things about Facebook and social media that, that are positive. I agree with you. Yep. So, so that, what made you decide to move to California? Am I getting too far ahead? Nope, nope, you're good. Uh, so it was funny. In 2012, my son and I came out to California, and this is when I was still employed. And my son was like, I'm going to live here. And I was like, no way. I will never live here. It was just no way. The traffic, the people. Well, the reality was, is that California was way too fast paced for where I was. Yeah. Because remember, I'm in bed, I'm heavily medicated and like out of my mind most of the time. Yeah. So I was like, there's just no way I can. I mean, even the week we were here, I took a nap every single day. I was just so exhausted. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> after I lost my job, I joined that company and I came out here to visit. And I just fell in love with the way that I feel in California. It's mm. a completely different vibration. It's it a is. different culture. The diversity is amazing. The weather. I mean, it was just like, I feel great in California. So I came out here uh, the following year. I spent a month on the road and traveled um, to California and back. And then my mind was made up. I'm like, okay, I have to do this. And so I, I lived in my home for almost 20 years. I sold my home. I moved out here with only the stuff that would fit in my vehicle. With really not even a plan. But I was like, I am going to make it in California. And there were some years where I really made it and I did awesome. 
and somewhere I didn't, but I'm still here. Yeah. And when did you move out to California? 2017. I left on Independence Day. Like it okay. was very fitting. So it's been, yeah. So it's, so this year it'll be seven years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're out here six and a half years, basically. Yep. Best move I ever made. And the best thing that I think, I can't remember if this is the article I shared with you or not, but when I left, my son had broken his ankle and um, he was in, um, he couldn't walk, couldn't drive. Like for 90 days, he was really struggling. And my family was like, are you going to still go to California? And I'm like, I don't have a place to live. I sold my home and right. I'm going to go. Yeah. So before I went, I sat down and had a big conversation with my son and we've always been able to talk. We've been very close. And I was like, so I know it feels weird that I'm leaving now when you need me, but I need to do this for me. Like the example I saw of motherhood was mothers who gave up their dreams yeah. and mothers who martyred themselves for everyone else's needs. And I need to do this because I want to show you what it looks like yeah. to follow your dreams. I want you to know that you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And he was like, I respect the F out of you for that. That was so cool. It was, it was the best so response cool. I could have gotten. So I, I moved out here and then less than a year later, he came out. Mm -hmm. He moved here too. He's, he's doing amazing in his career. Like in his first year, he surpassed what it took me 25 years to build in the corporate world. Wow. He met the love of his life. He's engaged. Um, he's, I, I call him the happiest man I know. Like he's, he's really doing awesome. And he'll, he'll tell you, he's like, if you hadn't done it, I wouldn't have had a clue that I could. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, we have to lead people, right? And it's through yeah. our actions that we lead them, not exactly. words. Yes. Right? So yes. they have to see us do things. They have to see us take those chances. They have to know that, you know, life is about taking chances. It's about taking right. risks, right? So when you came out here, what did you, you were in the insurance industry in, in Iowa. When you came out here, what did you do? So when I moved, actually, I had been working for the coaching organization. Mm -hmm. I was their blog editor. So I got to work with everyone's stories. Oh, that's and awesome. um, so that's what I started doing was working in the publishing industry. I worked for another um, publication called The Good Men Project. Okay. And I helped them build a sponsorship program. So I'm, I was doing all this work with people's stories. And then I still when I was in the insurance, I was in marketing. So all of those skills are transferable. So I would do mm -hmm. uh, marketing consulting. And then when I started writing my own books, I then became a writing coach and a self-publishing partner wow. to help other people write and publish their books. How cool. And you've written yeah. four books? Three books. Three books. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're now a coach. You're now an author. Mm-hmm. You um, you also consult. Yes. Right. Yep. You're wearing a lot of hats. I am, and a TEDx speaker too. And I a TEDx, TEDx speaker, right? Let's not forget the TEDx Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are you working on now? So what are, what is it that you're? What's your current project? I guess. So my current project is um, a couple of things. So one is I'll. I just really firmly believe in people's stories. And one thing that's interesting to me that you've probably found is that no matter how different our stories are, they're all the same. Yeah. Like 
they all have the same thread. We all have the same need. We all have the same challenges. Isn't just that different. The truth? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing. It's like yeah. we're all human beings or something. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. So that's the main thing is working uh working with people on their stories. I do have a um a new client that we're building a publishing company together. Wow. Which is exciting. Congratulations. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're, so you're what are you publishing? So he is a uh podcaster. His name is uh Brian Scott of the Reality Revolution. Okay. He's got an, a fantastic podcast. And um, we are going to be turning those uh, podcast episodes into books. Awesome. And then uh, also using that platform for the other clients that I already work with. So um, we'll be able to put it all under that umbrella. I love that idea. I do too. That is I incredible. Yeah. That is really cool. Thank so, you. So you're getting into publishing. Yep. What else are you doing? Uh, the, I had an so I have started working with a company called LifeWave and they have these say, fun Say it again. Say the name again. LifeWave. LifeWave. Okay. Yep. And they are uh, patches you put on your skin okay. that help you heal your body from the inside out. Really? Yes. So tell so, me how that yeah. works. <clears throat> it's called photobiomodulation. Okay. Which is basically the same thing as when you go out in the sun. And it activates your own body's vitamin D. Right. Patches do the same thing. Really? Yes. So, so they're activating have, with the patches. Uh, it's it's a copper peptide, but essentially it's your stem cells. So you know, as we age, our stem cells go dormant, and yeah. the patches will help reactivate them, and really? then it can heal all sorts of things in your body. Um, and there are oh, different I patches for healing everybody can <laughs> legitimately everybody can and it really helps with just longevity and health and vitality and it's just been an amazing I just joined the community in October mm -hmm. and um it's been life-changing for me so I really want to help get these in the hands of people who can definitely use them okay so there's going to be people that are listening that are going to be interested in this so how do yes. they reach you to get a hold of those? Um, I can give you a link, um, but it's lifewave.com backslash frequency dealer. So it's just like it sounds. Life, L-I-F-E, wave, W-A-V-E.com. There, there you go. There you go. Yep. Okay. Lifewave.com backslash frequency dealer. Okay. So I'm actually changing my brand to be frequency dealer. Okay. Um, because... Essentially, everything that I do, writing, books, um, health products, help you change your frequency. Yeah. Like One of the things that I love about writing is that it helps me process emotion. So mm -hmm. sometimes I'll say, I don't know what I'm thinking until I write. And then I write and I was like, oh, there it is. Okay. So it really helps. And um, that's the platform that I want to use going forward is Frequency mm -hmm. Dealer. So talk about that process for a second. So yes. you're, so when you're writing, and I'm currently writing a book, full disclosure. Oh, I'm awesome. Actually writing, I'm, actually, I'm actually in the process of writing three, but I'm trying to write the first one first, right? Yes, um, first things first. I, I identified my, I've got my ghostwriter on board and and we're, we're going to it. So Good. Uh, 
so when you're writing, how does that help you with thinking and your emotions? And how does that explain that process real quick? It's kind of like, have you seen that meme where they talk about where you're going to a therapist and, and they have this like big curly ball of yarn above their head and it's a mess. And then they talk to the therapist and it's straight lines. Like they take the different colors and organize them and make them go direct. So you take this like mess of things you have in your brain. And then when you organize it, just like you're organizing with your book, you're able to segment it and piece and part it out. And then it makes sense. And when it makes sense, it's the same thing as when you express it, it dissipates, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so, so it, right. So saying it actually doesn't, doesn't seem as big once you say it, right? But when it's in here, when you're holding it in, yes. it feels like this enormous thing that, that you just can't, almost can't carry around anymore. Yes. Like you're going to burst or something, right? Yes. And then you, and then you actually talk about it and you actually get it out. And then you're just like, well, what? That felt so much bigger. Yeah. And that there's another part of it. There's a couple different parts of it that I wasn't quite familiar with until I wrote my books. And that is writing is the, the biggest manifesting tool there is. Okay. So like my first book, Transcendance, which is mm -hmm. about dancing and allowing the universe to uh, lead your dance with life, was a lot of trauma. Like it was a lot of um, discussion of my depression and different challenging things that happened to me throughout my life. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, I get to relive all of this. Like it, it literally just brought about the circumstances that I, I wrote in the book. So when I wrote the second book, I was much more deliberate in um, being careful about not necessarily what I wrote, but how I wrote it. And um, Jason Silva has a really great video. I can't remember what it's called, but um, where when you write, you can essentially rewrite your memories. Really? Yes. Yes. How it's a fantastic work? video. Um <clears throat> I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look at, at his video where he described it, but it's just, and it's not so much that you change the memory, but you change your perception around it. Oh, so, gotcha. you know, okay. like writing, it helps you make sense of it. And then when you make like, for example, I'm, I've been writing for business insider and um, I wrote an article last night about taking a 50% pay cut to have a work-life balance. Wow. Yeah, I did that like mid-career. I took a 50% pay cut to have better work-life balance. And it was obviously a challenging transition. Mm -hmm. But when I wrote it last night, I had nothing but gratitude for the whole experience. Because had I not changed jobs and went part-time at the time that I did, I wouldn't have been there to be able to support my parents when they passed. Like there's no way I could have done that in my the job I had before. Couldn't have the time. So, yeah. yeah. So when I wrote it last night, I was like, oh. And you know, I, I know this story, right? It happened to me in 2006, I think is when I actually made that change. Um, 
but writing it finally last night and then I shared it with my best friend she's like I love this and I you know isn't it cool to look at it and I'm like yeah I never honestly I never looked at it this way until I had to write it down yeah and then once I wrote it down I was like oh okay that's really cool yeah it's gotta be cathartic you know it is it is yeah well, just like journaling or any kind of writing um, it's really just helps me process that emotion and figure out uh, where where I was at the time, where I am now, what the right perspective is, how can I look at it differently? It's just a beautiful way to reframe everything. Well, it's like it's like therapy. It is therapy. I absolutely it's self care for me. Like when I don't write, I'm not happy. Oh, yeah. Wow. it's kind of like dancing for me I need to dance and I need to write I tell my my good friends I'm like if I'm not writing on Facebook like if I'm just sharing memes I'm not okay yeah because yeah. usually I'll write and it's so funny because I didn't join Facebook because I didn't want anyone to know the truth of my life right. but if you would see what I post on Facebook like everybody knows a lot about my life these days yeah. so I'm I share a lot well, that's part of that. That's part of that awakening, though. It right? is that that process that you went through, where you know you almost you almost you almost were, are like a butterfly out of a cocoon. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, right. Where you're spreading your wings and you're and you're beautiful and you're just you know you're going for it, right? Yes. And it's you know it's a time like when you moved from Iowa to, to California, right? it's a time where you're, you're expanding and you're growing and you're, you know, I mean, this is, this is really, really cool what you're doing. It really is. I'm super excited for you. So, so publishing company, lifewave.com. What else? Anything else? Obviously no, just, dancing. I am you're dancing. sharing on Facebook, right? <laughs> right. Yes. You're writing for business insider. Are you writing for any other publications? Not yet, but I want to. Like when I first moved here, I was like, I just want to live life and write about it. Like that's my dream job. I just, and you know, Southern California has like some amazing, crazy experiences here. Like, that's, yeah, that's the thing I love about California. No matter how weird you are or whatever weird interest you have, there are other people also interested and in setting up events to do the same thing. Yeah. So I just like my dream job would be to just live, go do those experiences and write about it. And I have been pitching, trying to write paid articles since I moved, since yeah. before I moved, honestly. And I just got writing for Business Insider. So again, seven years before I got I'm not going to say it's in my big break, but the break that mm -hmm. I wanted to. So <clears throat> that's been another like very repeated theme of my story is that no matter how hard things are, you just got to keep going. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, we, we actually talked about this earlier today, you know, if so somebody who is, we interviewed somebody who's just unbelievably successful uh, in the entrepreneur uh, of the year hall of fame, no joke. Wow, nice. I mean, he's working on his 13th book right now. Right. And he told a story of how he went to New York with his wife and he wanted to be a published songwriter. That mm -hmm. was his thing. He wanted to be a published songwriter. So he wrote a bunch of songs. He put them on cassette tape, you know, where, you know, you and I know what a cassette tape is, but a lot yes. of people that are listening to this won't. Right. 
right. uh, put it on cassette tape and he took the cassette tape with his wife and went to these different places and they had 40 appointments a week with music publishers so he goes and he meets with this pub this music publisher that had worked with the beatles oh wow and the guy puts the takes the cassette tape from him puts it in his in his in his cassette player fast forward listens to 10 seconds of the of the of the beginning of each song fast forwards through all of them takes the tape out hands it back to him and says you're done you have no talent you might as well no yeah okay yeah and he literally was crushed because he was yep. a huge Beatles fan. And this guy was like the king of the kings, according to him, you know, as far as he saw him. Right. And he literally walked outside with his wife and said, OK, we got to go home. Cancel. We need to cancel all the rest of the appointments. And she looked at him and goes, that's one guy. Yes. Yes. You, you don't you don't stop just because one guy has an opinion. It doesn't mean that he's right. It's just his opinion. Right. Right. He goes to the very next appointment 30 minutes later and gets a song published. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's Billy Joel's pub. It's Billy Joel's, uh, the guy that published Bill, Billy Joel's music. Yes. And he's literally sitting there and he's going through this thing. And, and this, this guest that we had on earlier is like all down on himself and all this kind of yep. stuff. He's like, you know, thank you for your time thing. And he, guy, the guy goes, why are you like this? I really like these these songs. I want to publish this one. Yes. And he's yes. like, you could have knocked him over with a feather. But here's yes. the thing. If he had quit right. after the Beatles guy said what he said, he'd have never been published. There's no telling what his life would have been like. Yes. And he's we also need going. to be careful of not being like that Beatles guy and saying to someone, you have no talent. Right. You know what I like? because that can crush a person like Absolutely. it can it, and stop them if his wife hadn't encouraged him to keep going he might have stopped well it crushed but, him yeah absolutely. it crushed him he was having a major emotional breakdown standing on the street outside this building right because yep. this guy that he had put on this large pedestal by the way the next publisher that he talked to that ended up publishing one of his songs he goes why are you like this he goes well so-and-so just said the guy that worked with the beatles just said he goes I didn't work with the Beatles. He stole some of the Beatles material and got in trouble for it. Okay. He's not who you think he is. Okay. That's an excellent point. Well, we build people up in our minds. Yeah. Right. And we're and all just human. Right. And if it all, and if it doesn't quite work out or they have a negative opinion of us or whatever, we're crushed. Yeah. The thing is we want to keep our eye on the ball, right? Yeah. We want to keep our eye on what our objective is. So yours was, you wanted to write for business for business publications. Now you're writing for Business Insider. That's awesome. And by the yes. way, the next one will probably happen tomorrow, right? It's just like yes, yes, it's just, right. It's the yes. way life works. Yes. It's the way life works. But you just have to put one foot in front of the other. And battling depression, which you you've done, and and pulling yourself out of it, and and you know being a survivor like you are, not yes. only a survivor but but triumphant. You know, I mean, you're a champion, darling. You really are. So I have to ask you a question. Yes. Because ever since we got on together, I've had a question. Okay. You have a tattoo on your chest. I do. What's the it's story several, behind actually. the tattoo? <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, this one says, love me anyways. Right. And it's actually uh, from an LA artist named Padilla Avocado. Yeah. And she, I met her in the coaching program and um, 
she she's an artist and she this was one of her things she had t-shirts I used to have a t-shirt that said love me anyways on it and some one of her fans got this tattoo and I was like I have to have it so I got this tattoo but the cool thing is it shows up in art around LA like I have a picture of me in front of a huge billboard that says love me anyways I love it or it's on the sidewalk. It says, love me anyways. And the one right below it says, um, we can't say it very well. She protects her peace. And um, that was that was important for me um, when I first started coming out of the depression and um, realizing that I don't have to say yes to everything. Yeah. That I don't have to please everyone. That it's okay for me to do what I need to do for me. Right. And if that piece means I go to the dance club by myself to dance on Friday nights, then that's it. If it means I stay home or I don't communicate with another friend, that's okay. Yeah, and that was something okay. I didn't really learn. It's not only okay, it's healthy, right? Exactly. Yeah. Everybody exactly. has to practice self-love. They really do. Yeah. Because the more we take care of ourselves, the better equipped we're going to be to take care of everybody else. Yeah. Right. So I had a health scare in 2018 and I ended up in the emergency room. You remember the the flu that was going around at the end of oh, 2017, yeah. beginning of 2018? Yes. It was one of the deadliest in decades. Yep. I got it with both barrels mm. and I came out of my fever broke and I couldn't get my heart to stop beating so fast. I had tachycardia. And so I drive myself to the emergency room, spent seven hours in the emergency room. Yep. I go to the doctor the next day and I go, what do I need to do, doc? And she goes, you need to lose weight. I'm like, doc, I've lost 104 pounds. And she goes, well, you need to lose more and you need to do it now. Wow. So the next 90 days, I lost 51 pounds. Wow. Okay. But what I discovered, besides the fact that I was completely addicted to McDonald's <laughs> and Reese's peanut butter cups, oh, right? Well, oh, that one, I, I understand. McDonald's. Oh my goodness. I mean, just <laughs> unbelievable. So, but not everything McDonald's makes, but there were some yeah. things that, yeah. So I discovered some things about myself. It was a real journey, right? Oh, yeah. And one of the things that I learned, and, and this was, they turned to me, literally turned to me and said, if you keep doing what you're doing, if you keep going down the road, you're going where I was putting everybody else first and not me. Yes. Yes. You're going to die early. Yeah. And you're not going to be here to see your daughter go down, walk your daughter down the aisle. You're not going to be here to watch them graduate from college. My son was a freshman in college at the time. My daughter was a senior in high school. You're not going to be here for those things. You're not going to be here to see your grandkids. You're not going to, right? Yeah. Man, did that rock my world. I mean, because yeah. I'm all about family. I'm all about being a dad. I'm yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yes. And it was like, they were saying the exact perfect thing that they needed to do, needed to, to get me to a place to where I was going to win. This was not, there was no question. It's almost like when you were working yourself out of your depression, yes. you had to have some determination about you oh, yeah. to get there. Yeah. Because it's very, very easy to get to fall back into it, you know? Oh, yes. And so I started making myself a priority and I started, I started figuring out that it's there's quite a change. Well, there's a reason there's a, you know, I yeah. lost 162 pounds. And there's a reason, this is a whole person. Yeah. There's a reason why you put your mask on first on the airplane and then you help somebody else because you got to be able to breathe in order to do it, right? You got to be able to have some semblance of health in order to be there for the people that you love. 
And you have to do that to be there for even the people that you don't love, right? Yeah. You know, it's right. So anyway, I totally, I'm so happy that you came on with us. Yeah, I, I cherish this time that we had together so much. I am so happy to see how you have championed your life and how you've triumphed. I'm so proud of you. From the bottom of my heart, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so glad that you were our guest on the Mike Litton experience. Thank you again for being here. Absolutely. It's been an honor. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed our time together. I did too. It was beautiful. We hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton experience. If you did, do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.